It's Friday, August 23rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the fires burning across the Amazon rainforest. We'll connect the dots on what the Brazilian government is saying about them and how the international community is responding. Then, world leaders are heading to the sunny southwest of France. But the mood this weekend might be a little gloomy. And finally, you need to calm down. Taylor Swift's new album is finally here. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about the Amazon rainforest, where wildfires have been burning at alarming rates. And now everyone from your mom's friends on Facebook to world leaders is trying to figure out how to stop deforestation and how to keep climate change on the front burner. So today we're going to get into the latest on the fires, what Brazil's president is saying about them, and how some world leaders are trying to get involved. According to the latest data, more than 39,000 fires have been spotted in the Amazon this year, and almost two-thirds of the Amazon is in Brazil. A lot of the places burning aren't super-populated areas. But on Monday, smoke from the fires darkened the skies in Brazil's capital of Sao Paulo, around 2,000 miles away. As we talked about on yesterday's show, some experts say these fires wouldn't be so bad if Brazil hadn't chopped down so much of its forests for agriculture and cattle. It's believed a lot of these fires were started by farmers, and those farmers show no signs of stopping. According to Brazil's National Institute for Space Research, the rate of deforestation in July was the highest it's been in recent years. So how is Brazil's government responding to all this? Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, said his country doesn't have enough resources to fight the fires. But he is reportedly planning to send in the military to combat them. That would be a dramatic move, but he still seems to be engaged in some misdirection. Bolsonaro has claimed that non-governmental organizations in Brazil may have set the fires on purpose, even though he's presented no evidence to support that. He alleges the NGOs are angry about being denied government funds and are resorting to setting fires to the forests themselves. Yeesh. Bolsonaro is also accusing global powers of trying to, quote, interfere with Brazil's sovereignty. Even though Bolsonaro's language is particularly fiery on this, that argument over sovereignty isn't new in the world of climate politics. Some have argued over the years that holding developing countries to strict environmental standards while those countries are trying to literally develop their economies is unfair. That's part of the logic Bolsonaro is tapping into when he accuses other countries of telling him how to run his own house. So how is the world trying to get involved here? We've seen a few different responses. A lot of people are trying to raise awareness, organize protests, or collect money for environmental groups aimed at helping the Amazon. Some people are using the hashtag PrayForAmazonia to share stories that connect the fires to bigger issues about deforestation, global meat consumption, and agriculture. And some of these stories are raising uncomfortable truths. Like how, as long as the world keeps eating red meat, cows will need a lot of land to graze on, and someone will need to grow a lot of food to feed them. Much of Brazil's land is used for these things. Climate activists say unless the world changes its diet, the economic forces that led to deforestation probably won't disappear overnight. But in the meantime, some countries think they've found ways to put pressure on Brazil's leadership. By hitting them where it hurts, in the wallet. 
Within the last week or so, both Norway and Germany stopped putting money into the Brazilian government's Amazon fund. Those countries have donated to this fund for years, but now they say Bolsonaro is changing the fund's goals and is steering money away from conservation. So now those countries are tapping out. Another tool countries are looking at is trade. Brazil and some other South American countries are finalizing a big free trade deal with the European Union. But every EU country has to agree on the deal before it kicks in. So last night, Ireland said, we're not signing this thing unless Bolsonaro does more to protect the Amazon. And French President Emmanuel Macron is particularly lay-pissed. Macron's people put out a statement accusing Bolsonaro of lying to Macron about how much Bolsonaro actually cares about climate change. So Macron now says, France opposes the trade deal. If this tactic works, it would be a pretty high-profile instance of a world leader leveraging trade to pressure another leader on their environmental policies. So what's the skim? The wildfires in the Amazon have caught the attention of everyone from soccer stars on social media to world leaders, and they've put the issue of climate change back in the headlines. But that doesn't mean everyone agrees on how to respond. After all, the economic forces causing deforestation of big parts of the Amazon trace back to issues of meat consumption and the demands of global agriculture. Those forces will take a long time to change. In the meantime, some politicians are looking for leverage over Brazil wherever they can find it, like in free trade deals or at gatherings of like-minded countries. Which brings us to one thing worth watching this weekend, the big G7 summit in France. France's president says he wants world leaders to change the agenda at the last minute and make Brazil's Amazon emergency a focus of the meeting. And it turns out, that's not the only drama that could go down at the summit. More on that in just a sec. The annual G7 summit starts tomorrow. World leaders are meeting up in Biarritz in southwest France. It's a great summer vacation spot, but this year's summit won't be much of a holiday. First, a quick recap of what the G7 actually is. It's a group of seven of the world's big democracies. The US, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, and the UK. G7 literally stands for the group of seven. The G7 meets every year to discuss things like the global economy, trade, and security, things they should all care about. This year's big topic, like we said, could be the Amazon fires and climate change. But that's a sensitive topic. All the G7 members remain signed on to the Paris Agreement on climate change, except the U.S. At the G7 meeting in 2017, President Trump refused to pledge America's commitment to the agreement. And then days later, he announced the U.S. was withdrawing from the deal. Trump going rogue at the G7 has become kind of a thing. Last year, he refused to sign a joint final statement that everyone else had agreed on. And Trump's been setting the stage for a similar dynamic this year. He sent the rest of the G7 into a frenzy this week by suggesting Russia be let back into the group. Russia's G7 membership was suspended in 2014 after it annexed Crimea from Ukraine. The UK and Germany aren't so sure about letting Russia back in. Meanwhile, other G7 members are watching as the Trump administration continues its trade war with China and threatens possible new tariffs on EU countries. Trump has said European cars could be his next target. 
and that would directly affect Germany, where the auto industry is a pillar of the economy. Iran has also been on a lot of mines lately. The U.S. pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal last year, while the G7 countries who are still in the deal want to salvage what's left of it. One other thing likely to come up? Brexit. The UK's new Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, is in a Brexit face-off with the leaders of EU countries, ahead of a Halloween deadline for the UK to get out of the EU. Deal or no deal? No deal Brexit could be painful for everyone. So that's what's on the agenda. Turns out, the summit will also feature some special guests. President Macron has added some non-G7 leaders to the guest list like Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. India's actually the biggest democracy in the world, but it's not in the G7. Reportedly, the idea behind Macron's mass invite is to focus less on hearing from the same old countries and to get some outside perspectives. But lengthening the guest list could also feed criticism that the G7 has become a pretty ineffective group chat, especially now that the G7 members aren't even trying to reach an agreement. President Macron has scrapped the idea of issuing a joint statement at the end of the summit to avoid the pressure of getting everyone on the same page. It will be the first time since 1975, when the G7 first started meeting, that they'll all go home without signing an agreement. Big milestone. And not a good one. It's Friday, and what better way to head into the weekend than with Taylor Swift? Her new album, Lover, dropped at midnight. Swift calls it a love letter to love itself. It's on track to be her fifth album in a row, to go platinum pretty much on release. Some positive news for Swift, who's been going through some stuff lately. Earlier this summer, music exec Scooter Braun acquired Big Machine Records, Swift's former label for a cool $300 million. That means he now owns the master recordings of Swift's past six albums. This is something Swift has been fighting to get ownership of for years, but the record label's founder wouldn't negotiate. Now, thanks to a deal she signed with her new label, Swift will own all her future songs. And this week she said she's going to re-record her first five albums as a way to reclaim ownership. But Swift said, according to her contract, she'll have to wait until at least November 2020 to do so. After that, Swift can basically forget that they existed. And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for listening this week, and don't forget to hit subscribe. We'd love for you to share the show with your friends and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of news happens over the weekend, so if you want to catch up first thing on Monday, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can sign up at theskim.com. 